Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Woof, woof, hello test. One, two, woof, woof, woof. That's an old uh, mic check thing. Woof, woof. W-O-O-F. Mm-hmm. Huh. Why? Uh, it's just a tradition. It apparently, uh, the VU meter, it just peaked it uh, the right way. Woof, woof. Woof, woof. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Is that how you would normally, if you were to interview someone, you'd ask them to say a few woofs? Or what would you say to them? Well, to get I would the levels? say woof, and then they would usually say woof, woof, too. And they <laughs> got interesting. Broke the ice. What was your first year at KMOX? Oh, boy. It was in the 80s, I think, 82, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I was there, I was here for 32, 33 years. Wow. Mm-hmm. So when you go back to the 80s, what radio stations did you work for before you came to KMOX? KSD. Mm. By 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were, when I started, they were owned by the Post Dispatch. Mm-hmm. And they were in together with Channel 5, so we did both. Oh, how about and, that? Uh, yeah. It was uh, 1111 Olive, downtown, mm-hmm. and... Uh, they were one of the big ones, but then KMOX uh, killed them. Well, I mean, 80 Robert still. Heinland. You were hired by Robert Highland. Was hired by him. Mm-hmm. What was your interview like? I didn't have one. He was uh, an amazing man, kind of a legend. He would listen to. Well, he would work probably sixteen, eighteen hours a day, most days. He'd come in at two in the morning and leave at. Uh, Six at night, unless he had something to do that evening. And uh, part of the time, all the time he spent down here, he would listen to tapes, Mm -hmm. listen to people. And so he had in his mind this little list of people that he would like to hire. And he had such a reputation. He was a, um, a lot of people thought he was a tyrant. He was a very strong personality. And uh, people were afraid of him. He was intimidating. Uh, one of those giants. And I couldn't be afraid of him. You can't be afraid of your boss and still do a good job. So I have had to kind of try to figure him out. Mm. What made him go? I didn't fear him. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do my job. But I respected him. And that worked. What was your job? What were you hired to do? I was actually hired Oh, at KMOX. Well, he had wanted me for a long time told to me to give him a call and things like that. Well, I was fine at KSD. That was just, you know, radio and an FM and kind of easygoing and all news at the time. None of us knew what we were doing, but we did it. Then I got fired. Uh, KSD was all kinds of things. They were the Post-Dispatch. Then they were sold to Gannett, some other company names that nobody can remember. 
Um, and then they went all news. Hmm. And we had to figure out how to do that, and, and we did, and it never was too successful, but it, it just was there. Yeah. And the company that owned it, uh, Gannett at the time, decided that, well, this isn't it. We can't do this. We won't make money. So then they went to country music. Hmm. <laughs> when you're a journalist and a newsman and you go from news to country music, that's kind of a leap. They bought us all big cowboy hats and <laughs> made us go to their, uh, what do they call them? Uh, oh, they had, you know, listener things, events mm-hmm. with country bands and things like that, and lots of beer. And uh, it wasn't quite, you know, news things. Finally, they dropped that. And they said, oh, we're going to be country music and uh, we're going to do that. So they called me in and said, Bob, we hate to do it. But we've got to let you go. However, we have a job for you. Same salary uh, at the station that uh, was called KFNS 590. Lower power station, but they had a little money behind it. And uh, so they had this job for me. They gave me the manager's name to call, and he would call. and say, We've got to get together. And I didn't do anything. I'd go to work every day for the last two weeks at uh, KSD or yeah, they were. Gonna, they changed it to KUSA, I think, but hmm. it was KSD at the time. The time when the two weeks would be getting to an end, and people would um, say, "Bob, you didn't, you didn't call uh, Jim Tazarak or, or whoever it was, and he's really waiting for your call." And I said, "Oh, I, I will. I'm, I'm fine. Don't worry. Don't worry about me. I'm just happy as I could be." So the end came, and they got really worried. They thought I was going to flip out or something. And uh, the last day, oh, and Robert Hyland made me promise not to say I was yeah. was going there. That was supposed yeah. to be secret. So um, the last day came, and uh, Wally Clark was the general manager. Nice guy. Good, good manager. And the last day, he was out to lunch, and uh, he came in, and here I was sitting in his office chair. And I said, Wally, now I can tell you where I'm going. And he said, oh, where? KMOX. I said, ah, I kind of knew that. <laughs> so uh, that's what it was. What did the newsroom look like by the time you joined KMOX? Oh, it was um, expensive things were never really that. We were in an old building down by the arch. One, what was it? Um, Is this one memorial One drive? memorial drive, yeah. And there's a story about that. That's a Robert Highland story. It, the, CBS was there, too. It was uh, the TV station, Channel 4. They were there, and we were up on the third floor. And he um, changed the address. Had the post office change the address. It's supposed to be, uh, oh, something like 10 Market Street or something like that. But he wanted something better. So it was one memorial drive. And, of course, he knew everybody in town, so he called the postmaster, and they changed the name of the uh, Address. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. Remembering one of KMOX's legendary and iconic voices, Bob Hamilton, who passed away at the age of 82. We recorded this interview in February and we'll continue with it coming up next on Overnight America KMOX. Bob Hamilton was one of those classic voices that everyone would recognize immediately on KMOX, really one of the legendary newsmen in the last couple of decades, and he passes away at the age of 82. We're happy to remember him tonight on Overnight America. I sat down and we had an interview in February, and we're going to continue our conversation now. 
How big was the KMOX newsroom when you first started? A little different configuration, but uh, about the size of uh, the news department at KMOX. Was Jack Carney still around? Oh, I was his news guy in the afternoon. What a guy. What a talent. So that was the shift you were working at the time? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I worked them all, but uh, uh, afternoon, I I liked afternoons, and uh, they needed that. And Jack Carney was just an amazing man. What a wit. What a uh, quick reply. He was was super. He was, um, seemed to be very easygoing, but he was really very intense. He was one of those people who, if he was going to interview somebody on his program uh, that wrote a book, he would read the book the night before. Most people don't do that, but he would do it, and so he came out with the great, fantastic uh, interviews. He had a quick mind. Uh, he had just wonderful people. Uh, Miss Blue, the cleaning lady, uh, he, would, he would chat with her, and uh, uh, one time he felt a little bold, and he put her on the air, and she was brilliant. She was great. She was from East St. Louis and just as human as you could be. She was a star, and he made her a star. Of course, Robert Hyland, who was a bit uh, pecunious, a little sensitive to money, he was still paying her cleaning pay. So Jack went to bat and uh, got her in the union, union scale, good money, and that's uh, Miss Blue. And she was great. She was a great connector. Jack was unique because of all the theatrics he put into his show. Oh, yeah. I look back at all of the personalities of KMOX over the years, and he was really ahead of his time. I thought that he was one of those shows you can grab from then and play now, and people would still enjoy it. Still be fun. He worked for the ear, for the human ear, and he knew what the listeners were hearing when he was saying it. Uh, It was the theater of the mind, they used to call it, too, and so he would work for that. He also had a wonderful engineer, Clarence Nieder who was great with sound effects. He had a super collection of sound effects. And like a good engineer, good board op, whatever, you connect with the other people. So they didn't have to compare notes, or they didn't say, let's do this. They just did it. Their minds were clicking. Help uh, me visualize. Did he play these sound effects on carts? Carts. Mm-hmm. So did he just have a, like a, hall, a wall of carts and he was just quick at grabbing what he needed? And somehow he knew and he sensed what Jack was going to want to hear so he'd have it ready. You know, it'll be in the machine. Yeah. yeah. He was so quick at those. Oh, they, that was the minds melding. And, and in show business, that works. Did you ever participate in any of his uh, skits or his uh, dramas? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He would have, um, oh, it was... Uh, some syndicated uh, thing that he'd play and then he'd bring everybody in who was uh, working with the program and you would have this mystery, solve a mystery. And uh, so that was fun. You'd come in and do that. It was really radio is it, uh, at its best, I think. During that era, there are some really remarkable KMOX personalities like Jack Buck. Did you work with him? Absolutely. Yeah. Super guy. There's... Uh, Jack was just fantastic. People couldn't figure how he did these great interviews with Hispanic ballplayers. Well, how he did it was he spoke Spanish fluently. And uh, 
So before he did the interview for the air, uh, pregame program or whatever, uh, he would talk in Spanish to them. So, well, now let's talk about the blah, blah, blah. And that put the players at ease. And he got these beautiful interviews. They were fantastic. In fact, he did a, Jack did a thing one time. We were in, I was in the newsroom and he came in to do his program. And he said, my son, Joe, who was, I think, 19 or something at the time, uh, he's going to try out with your sports, uh, with sports in your news on the weekend. I said, oh, okay. And he said, give him a hard time. I said, well, okay. We had a teletype that somehow the wires were crossed. And for a while, it was printing the news in Spanish. And I read a very little bit of Spanish, but uh, I'd, I'd do that. And I figured, well, this is what I'll do with Joe. So Joe came in and he did his uh, little short sports cast. And I walked out of the room and went back into the newsroom, got a Spanish uh, sports story, ripped it off, came rushing back in and uh, said, Joe, this just came in. And he didn't know. He thought it was English. He picked it up. It was Spanish. Joe speaks Spanish perfectly, too. And he just rattled that story off as if it were in English. And, and he, flawlessly, he did it perfectly. Uh, a lot of people had maybe more fun back then because, you know, practical tricks, practical jokes and things, we did that, yeah. Wow. And now you look at him as one of the top broadcasters in the entire country. He had good genes, I guess. I had to tell Joe that his dad died. Uh, he was on the road, I think, with baseball or, or something. And uh, we were all following in the, in the newsroom. And uh, Robert Hyland's secretary, Norma Walner, was going to call the newsroom when they got word that, uh, that Jack had died. And then Norma told me that, well, uh, here's Joe's number and we want you to call and tell him. And I did. And that was a very moving emotional thing. Does that speak to the special kind of bond that the radio station had? Oh, it was, station. everybody was, was connected and the, the connector was Robert Hyland. He built a, just a fantastic radio station. Yeah. You, you had to respect him. If you feared him, you would be nervous and everybody would be shaky. He really knew what he was doing and did it well. Let's talk about Robert Hyland. Do you have any good Mr. Hyland stories? Oh, have a few. KMOX had the first talk show, live talk show on the air, uh, part of At Your Service, with Russia, Moscow. And uh, it was the first. I don't know if he'd ever done it before. The Russians wouldn't allow it. And uh, he was good friends with uh, William Webster, who happened to be the head of the CIA and uh, the FBI. So he, you know, had connections. He could make things work. CBS Network didn't care too much about it. You know, they were more for television and everything. But he was going to do the first talk show with Russia, and he did. And Bob Hardy, who was one of the, you know, the big news people at the time, uh, was going to go over to Moscow and do this talk show. First, though, they had to go to Poland to pick up their bus. They had one of these big buses. It was a tobacco company bus. And uh, that was in France or something. So they had to go to um, go through Poland. And when they got to Poland, um, the potato farmers in Poland were striking. They would not allow traffic to go into Russia. 
So I got a call. I was working the overnight shift, I think, at the time. So it was like one in the morning or something. Bob Hardy or Chris Myhill or somebody with the station called and said, we're stuck in, in Poland. We can't get across the border because the Polish potato farmers are uh, rioting, revolting, and uh, we can't get into Russia. So I went in and told Robert Highland was at work. It was, you know, one in the morning, so he was at the office. And I went in and I told him, uh, we have a, a problem. The Polish potato farmers are holding up the bus. But that's the bad news. The good news is that Bob Hardy is not on, on the bus. He stayed in wherever they were in uh, Europe. And uh, he was going to go on later, fly or something. Robert Hansen, I'll take care of that. And he did. He called William Webster, who was the head of the CIA. Oh, no, there, there's another part to it. I called the, uh, the embassy in, in Warsaw, uh, talked to the chargé d'affaires guy. That's the, usually in an embassy, that's the CIA guy. So I talked to him. He was very friendly and helpful. He said, yeah, I said, uh, it's no big deal. We know about it. And uh, I'll call in the morning and, uh, and it'll be OK. So I went in and I told uh, Robert, Hyde, well, don't worry. And we'd made a big deal out of it. You know, here Bob Hardy and our news crew was stranded at the Russian border and they couldn't, uh, couldn't get in. These Polish potato farmers with their pitchforks were surrounding the bus and uh, uh, they were making it kind of a dramatic thing. We kind of deliberately did that. So I came back but said, but the good news, Mr. Highland, is uh, Bob Hardy is, is back where they were. He's not going on the bus and everything is fine. The CIA guy says the potato farmers are going to get drunk and not protest anymore. And they'll all pass out and the bus will go on to Moscow. Robert Hunt said, no, 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 no. We don't, we don't want that. And I said, well, but everybody is okay. You know, it'll, it'll all be fine. No, no, no. This is expensive. This is drama. And we want to make it a big thing. So we did. So that it was an international incident. And so the later on, I stayed a little late that morning and the uh, charge d'affaires called up and he said, Bob, don't worry about it. everything is fine. They'll, they'll be moving at eight o'clock in the morning. No problem. It's all taken care of. So I went into Mr. Highland and said, Mr. Highland, good news. It's all over. He said, no, we don't want that to be all over. And I said, well, uh, I can go on the air and, and say that this big international incident is solved. And he said, uh, no, 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 don't do that. I said, oh, okay. And so I, I didn't, that's the first time I censored a story. I, I did not run a story. But, you know, I could understand it was an expensive thing. The bus got through. They went through. But I could not go on the air and say it's all settled. You know, everything will be fine. They'll be on the air in Moscow tomorrow and, and no problem. Then I went back into the newsroom and I got a call from the embassy in Warsaw. It was a charge affair. And he said, Bob, what did you do? And I said, well, I really haven't done anything. Uh, what do you mean? He said, well, I got a call from Washington, from the CIA, head of the CIA. He said, uh, don't say everything is fine. It isn't. Say it's all, you know, very tense and they're at the border and the potato farmers might stick them with pitchforks or something. Uh, I got this call. And this was, you know, the big, big boss in Washington. And what do I do? And it's, well, you, we'll just say that, you know, everything will be is later on. Stay tuned. Keep listening. <laughs> and they'll, they'll do it. That's what he, uh, what he said. So it was an international incident. KMOX started. It all ended well. The Polish potato farmers passed out. 
He's one of the great St. Louis news voices, and you heard him for many decades. Bob Hamilton passing away at the age of 82. Tonight, we honor him with an interview we recorded back in February of this year, and we'll continue with that interview next on Overnight America KMOX. We lost a KMOX legend and one of the iconic voices of our area, Bob Hamilton, passed away at the age of 82. In February, I had a chance to interview him in some of his memories, and we're sharing those tonight in memory of Bob on Overnight America. When you look back at all the things you've done at KMOX over the years, you must be pretty proud of your line of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, KMOX probably did uh, talk shows better than anybody, because uh, for a while it was all talk shows. Yeah, we, we just did it better. It was uh, spare no expense and... What was it like working with Bob Hardy? Bob was a, a very intense guy. Everybody there was pretty much intense. But he had, um, uh, he was like the, the number one anchor. And he would read, he would go off in his little, uh, he didn't really have an office. It was kind of a cubby hole we built for him. But uh, he would go there and read and uh, talk to people, plan interviews do things. Uh, he was just first class. He was uh, uh, king of the crop. I'm guessing you had a chance to work with Rex Davis, too. It probably was at the end of his career. Uh, it was, but Rex and Bob were kind of equals. They were both did the morning news. Women? No, you didn't have women back then. That was. They were two different personalities. Bob was intense and news-oriented and things like that, and Rex was more kind of homespun, and it was a great combination, good chemistry. Bob Hardy had a thing with the new news, and uh, the, the writers they, that Bob Hardy liked would get to write the new news. You'd work in the morning, and then you'd uh, write the news and go home. Bob would always have hands on the news. You would write the stories and add the sound, the whole thing. You'd put it all together, and then you'd take it into him, and he would shuffle the pages around. And the story that you thought would be the lead wasn't. He had a different lead, and uh, he had a reason for it, but uh, that's what he did. So he'd shift the pages all around, and uh, but if you got to, that meant he was happy. Since you also worked nights, did you work with Jim White? Oh, absolutely, sure did. What was he like? Jim was um, total opposite from what people thought he was. Uh, he would come on, and people would think, oh, he'd be rude. He would cut people off. And I also heard the bit you did about the uh, popcorn in the turkey. Uh, that was one of uh, Jim's stunts. Is that something that was authentic, or was that something more theater of the mind? Did someone really call in? They really called in. That was a true story. That was a true story. And who's being maybe a little bit flippant and uh, said, well, you know, just... Put the popcorn in, put the uh, turkey in the oven, and uh, it exploded. It literally blew up. Mm -hmm. And I don't think this was in the, the program you did President's Day, but Robert Hyland, the, the lady called, and she was just, you know, apoplectic. You know, My oven, it exploded, and the popcorn's all over the kitchen. And she called Robert Hyland, who, was, since he was there most of the time, he answered the phone. He made Jim White go out to her house and take a Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know that Robert, uh, Jim White probably had to pay for it, but he did other things. 
he was a teddy bear. You know, he would cut people off and so forth. But he was not mean. He got me going into uh, ham radio. And I still have a couple of old telegraph keys that he gave me in, in my living room. In fact, I have one of the old uh, tubes, transmitter tubes from KMOX. Big, huge thing, like a watermelon. That he asked, and he had two of them or something, and he gave me one of them. So he loved radio, too. Big ham radio guy. Jim White, when he, uh, his ham call letter was uh, W0NJB, but then the FCC let people have call letters you want, you know. And he had, and I guess he still assigned it, KM0X. That was the ham call. Everybody really loved radio at KMOX. It, it was intensive. So if you worked some of the late night shifts, did you run into John McCormick? Uh, he was uh, really old school showbiz. He worked, I think, in Chicago before he came here. And that's when announcers would wear coats and ties to work and stuff like that. Before that, they wore tuxedos. But he was really old school, and he was theater of the mind. His voice was just soothing, and he would work on that just a lot. And what would happen, Robert Heinlein told me this one time, that what he did, his programming was that uh, Jim White would be on at night after the ball game or 10 o'clock or whatever, and then he would um, go till, I think, 1 or 2 in the morning, and then John McCormick would come in. And what it was, was a gimmick to push the cue, push the ratings. I don't think anybody ever thought of this, but uh, he did, and it worked well. Jim, with all his, you know, excitement and hanging up on people and uh, making him think and everything, then Jim would leave and John McCormick would come in with a super mellow, soothing voice and... Uh, theater of the mind. He would take you around the world with his temperatures and in the city of uh, Rome or London at the base of Big Ben. It's uh, 32 degrees or whatever. He, he really made it theatrical. He would turn the lights out. He was kind of showbiz, so he would uh, turn the heat up, open his shirt <laughs> to get in the mood and everything. And he was always there just by himself. He would make this mood. And what it was, the older people, and old people usually stay up kind of late listening to the radio or something, they would kind of nod off and kind of wake up and nod off. But then came morning drive. And all of these old people had their radios on, still. So morning drive just started with a bang. That was melding one audience into the other. I know he would have been on the network by then, but did you work with Bob Costas? Sure. Robert Heinland hired him, listened to his tapes doing basketball at Syracuse or something, and he always knew he wanted to hire Bob Costas. And Bob would go off into TV and make huge amounts of money, but Robert Heinland would keep pulling and keep pulling, and finally uh, he came to St. Louis. He was intense, too. He would um, sit by the pool. And everybody else would be uh, doing cannonballs and drinking beer and splashing around. He would be in a lawn chair or a recliner chair reading the sports encyclopedia. 
He was just putting all this stuff into his brain. What about Charlie Brennan? Did you get to work with him? Absolutely. I remember the first day Charlie came from Boston. Uh, well, he was, um, again, Robert Hyland recruited him highly, uh, wanted him here. He came in. He was a little nervous. I could help him a little bit with, you know, the street names and things like that. Quick study. Very, very good. Very intense and very focused. Very focused to do, to do good. You ever notice on TV or movies when they depict radio, it's always wrong? Oh, yeah, or they think we're all uh, wearing suits and ties. Right. And Would they ever smoke in the studio? Oh, ho, ho. we had uh, soundproofing at KMOX that was like this, except right under the news desk, the editor's desk, it was yellow. Uh, and there are a few other places, too. Did I hear you had a Rush Limbaugh story, a connection to KMOX? Oh, yeah, he was going to have him try out on a Sunday afternoon, and I was to um, run his phones, you know, because he was in New York or Sacramento, wherever he was. So I was taking the calls and punching him up and things like that. And after it was over, I was to tell Rush that, uh, boy, that was really good. And uh, it was good. He was he was good. Still is. He said, Robert Heinlein would uh, like to have you call him. The next morning, I, I'm not supposed to tell you, but he wants to offer you a job. And he said, um, well, Bob, I, uh, I have always had this in my dreams. I wanted to come to KMOX. The timing isn't quite right because I've just signed a contract with somebody in New York or whatever, EIB or something. And uh, it's over a million dollars. And I have a condo in New York. And I am in this fantastic town that is the biggest playpen in the world. So he wasn't all serious, you know, or all political. But uh, he was, so Robert Hyland missed that by maybe six months. Wow. Could you imagine how radio would have changed if Rush Limbaugh would have signed on to KMOX instead of going to New York? I have an idea that he would have been syndicated, but out of here. And CBS would have uh, would have owned it. That'd have been something. Yeah, would have uh, been a lot of money. He was a longtime voice on KMOX, a newsman with one of those iconic deliveries. Bob Hamilton passing away at the age of eighty-two tonight. We honor him and remember some of the work and stories of Bob on this Overnight America KMOX. Welcome back to Overnight America. I'm your host Ryan Recker, and we lost a iconic KMOX voice, a true legend in the newsroom. Bob Hamilton passing away at the age of 82. And for one more segment, we remember him with some of the stories he shared with me back in February of this year. Bob, what made working for KMOX during that era special? That it was the best. Absolutely. Uh, bar none. KSD, for a while, gave it a run for its money. They were owned by the Post-Dispatch, and they had a lot of resources. But KSD could never make a nick in KMOX. Robert Hyland had to have the best radio station in the country, and he did. Do people still recognize your voice today? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If somebody is calling a robocall or something, uh, are you on radio? Or, I said, yeah. Or I'll, uh, a lot of people that I talk to when I'm buying something on the internet or something like that, they used to be in radio, and you get that a lot. And they say, oh, your, your voice is good. Are you on the radio? I said, well, I was. 
And I said, well, so was I. I was at uh, KBCA or something, and uh, a lot of people came through radio. Did you ever pick up any radio awards? I have a few, yeah. What was that like to be recognized by your colleagues? Oh, yeah, let's see. What The um, Radio Hall of Fame, Media Hall of Fame, Mm -hmm. one of the best ones was the University City High School Hall of Fame. Yeah? I got in that. That's awesome. And some other, oh, I got got an award from the St. Louis Police Union for a series I did on police brutality, which was a little unusual. Uh, The Post-Dispatch had done a story on police brutality. This was when I was at KSD. The police union was limited. uh, You know, the Post was, I guess, a little liberal then, and I am now. But I thought, well, I can do that better. So I did. I rode eight hours one night with uh, city police. Worked it through the union, through the police department. When I got done, I realized that the only people I had on tape were black people. And so I had to go back and do another eight hours uh, with a more integrated uh, district. So I did, and the story came out fine. And it won an award from the police union. for And the story, was, the series was called Cops and Clubs and Confrontation. Uh, looks like everyone wants to come by and say hi while you're here. Oh, good. Hey, hey Bob. How you doing? Oh, good to see you. Good to see you. How's How retirement you? treating you? Oh, I love it. Good. Wait, wait till yours comes. You'll love it. <laughs> yeah, it's only a few years away. <laughs> I know, but it, it does come around and then say, well, gee, I have to retire now? <laughs> yeah. So you miss it? Um, no. You can be honest. <laughs> I, well, I like to get up in the morning and go back to bed. That's the beauty of... Uh, Working evening shifts. Yeah, I, I like to stay up all night and read. Oh, wow. And I can, I can do that. You know, it's, uh, it's good. But no, when your time comes, you'll, you'll love it. It'll be. Well, it'll that be. is. I can't even think of that yet. Well. Ways away. And I, I really well, we th- miss you. I will say that. Well, I, I miss this place. But I, I was telling them I, I bought electric scooters. Yeah. And I have, I think, three of them now. Wow. So, and I live just up the hill. And, ah, so if you lived pretty close, that meant. You were called in for breaking news and severe weather, things like that at the radio station? Oh, yeah, yeah. And sometimes we'd stay. The station made more money, so they'd put us all up in hotels Mm -hmm. if we wanted to spend the night because they thought we couldn't get get here the next day. They still offer that sometimes in dire situations here. It ended one year when uh, it was a good snowstorm, and they put us all up in nice hotels, but we... Went wild on room service. And the <laughs> bill was huge. Yeah. I, Steve probably remembers. Uh, and they were in a budget. But the the general manager was from sure. Chicago. So we knew how to... I mean, he was used to expensive things. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, after a few well, beers... Just, yeah, after a few beers, we'd say, uh, can, we, uh, can we run a tab? It's all, sure, sure. And we, <laughs> boy, we ran tabs. <laughs> That's beautiful. Uh, I told uh, I told him to ask you about your connection to train spotting. Oh, I, I forgot about that. There, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, okay. Train spotting in uh, Edinburgh and Scotland. Robert Carlyle was in it. Yeah. The author Irvin Welsh wrote me in, and there's a scene where uh, it's it's in Edinburgh in Scotland, kind of a gritty part, Leith Walk down uh, down near the uh, the water the port. There's a scene in the movie where um, the characters, uh, they were 
stealing drugs and all of that. It was a crazy time. They were in this pub in Edinburgh. It's still there. And kind of a rough pub. They had just stolen uh, the drugs or something from the dealer in London. And they were in this tavern counting their money. And a character walks in, kind of flighty, gay, bouncy. And he says, uh, hi, guys. Mind if I use the bathroom? An American tourist. And they said, oh, right there. So this character goes back into the bathroom. They all march in a line back and rob him, beat him up. <laughs> that, that was you in the movie? No, no, no. Uh, Irvin Welsh, the man who wrote it, yeah. wrote me in there. That was a part of the, the movie. and uh, But that was me. Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> I still have the video at home. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. No, 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 no. Listen, you're probably the third or fourth fourth person to uh, want to come say hi. <laughs> Everybody wants to say hi to Bob. I'm going to have to come back. I know that you like to travel. Would you ever go to a different city and on vacation mention you're from St. Louis or you're from the radio station KMOX? Would you ever get recognized? London. Really? Tell me about that. The BBC has a program they do on their uh, uh, Radio 5 Live. They have lots of networks and Radio 5 is a news and sports network. Kind of copied, I understand, after KMOX. That's what they what they told me. When there would be big news in London, I would uh, I lived in Mansion House at the time, so I would uh, and had shortwave radios, so I would just record the shortwave radio there and then bring the tape over to KMOX. When the Cardinals won the World Series, we we did that. Robert Highland loved it. He said, "Oh boy, neat idea." Uh-huh. Uh huh. And they do it here up all night. Basically, is um, it's the middle of the night in London, so basically they uh, uh, use a uh, Comrex and record a newscast from a radio station over here. They did it with, uh, with us. And then they would, uh, at 2 or 3 in the morning, they would play the BBC News, and then they'd play the KMOX News or WCBS News or whatever it was, and then they would talk about it because, you know, everybody is drunk at uh, 2 o'clock in the morning in England. It wouldn't wouldn't work. So they just tapped into American radio and uh, Australian and other people. They do. They still do that. Well, Bob, I think I have pretty much everything I need for the interview. Is there anything we missed? Something you'd like to talk about? No, I think everything is um, is there. One of the very memorable things that people always bring up about you when your name comes up is your sign off. Could you do that now? Bob Hamilton, KMOX News. For the people I run into in, in St. Louis, that's all they remember. Yeah, they don't remember any news. And that was the end of the interview, recorded in February of this year from one of the iconic news voices in St. Louis history, Bob Hamilton, passing away at the age of 82. For many decades, he worked at KMOX, and as you can tell, really enjoyed his time here. We can say without any uncertainty that the people here enjoyed their time with Bob as well. I wish I had that opportunity to spend some more time with him, but that never happened. Afterwards, everything shut down because of COVID, and having guests in the studio didn't really happen. I do know that every time you bring up Bob Hamilton's name at KMOX, there's a smile on the person's face, a great memory that goes along with that smile. 
I hope you enjoyed looking back at this interview from earlier this year. Bob Hamilton certainly had many memories, and he made them with you passing away last week at the age of 82. I'm Ryan Recker. This is Overnight America on KMOX. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.